It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Kyle Krabs here, host of Locked On NFL Scouting. Join Joe Marino and me every day as we provide position-by-position analysis of the upcoming NFL Draft. Check out the Locked On NFL Scouting podcast with the Draft Dudes on YouTube or wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. Dallas Cowboys wide receiver CeeDee Lamb had a massive performance in Week 6. So what changed in one week? All that and more in this episode of the Locked On Cowboys podcast. You are Locked On Cowboys, your locked daily Dallas Cowboys on. podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast locked Network, your on. team every day. Locked, locked On. Locked, locked, locked On. Cowboys. Welcome back to the Lockdown Cowboys podcast, part of the Lockdown Podcast Network, your team every day. We'd like to thank you for making us your first listen of the day. I am your host, Marcus Mosier. You can follow me on Twitter at Marcus underscore Mosier. Joining me today, as always, is Landon McCool. Check him out on Twitter at McCoolBCB. Before we even start, just going to apologize. I got people working on my roof today. So if you hear a little <laughs> bit of banging, it's, it's out of the ordinary. I know. I get it. So It's Cowboys well, Twitter trying to get their takes in to let you know exactly what's how they feel about the Cowboys, yeah, right? It, this is probably going to be a couple-day thing. So I'm just putting that out there. So if you hear it, <laughs> that's what it is. Uh, later, let's talk about some of the notes that we had from the All-22 uh, for the Cowboys on offense. I want to start with CD Lamb because he had a fantastic game, seven catches for well over a hundred yards on seven targets. And this is coming off a game where he basically got shut out against the 49ers. So what changed? Yeah. I mean, I think part of it is just like, you know, getting him involved early, you know, and just, and, and making a concerted effort to give him solid targets and, and not even just like, you know, uh, uh, Oh, let's, let's run a, a slant to him real quick, but like specifically, uh, uh, you know, getting him the ball behind the line of scrimmage, getting him on uh, in quick passes that you know uh, that that are going to have a high success rate to let kind of CD kind of get working a little bit. Because I think ultimately what happens in games is that teams know that we want to get CD Lamb involved in the offense, and that we have to get CD Lamb involved in the offense. Um, and so, what like if it doesn't happen early? Uh, you know, they know that we're going to be trying to force it late. Right. And so there's even more focus on him. So I think it's, I think it just seems that the offense works a lot better. Dak seems to work a lot better. If he can get uh, the ball to see lamb early a couple times and a couple targets uh, and it just kind of seems to open things up for the rest of the players on this offense and get CD going in a way uh, that at least kind of, you know, y- you are attacking as a pl- opposed to just trying to uh, uh, sit back and see how they're covering CD and, and kind of reacting that way, which I think, you know, just it wasn't producing the results. Like teams were mixing up their coverages against CD. You just have to find a way to kind of quickly get him the ball and then let the defense to scr- scramble to try to adjust to what we're doing. Over the last three years, the Cowboys have been their best on offense when CeeDee Lamb is heavily involved. And I watch some of these other teams like the Bengals or the Rams or the Dolphins, and like their their number one receivers getting 12, 13, sometimes even like 14, 15 targets a game. And I always wonder, like, why can't the Cowboys do that to CeeDee Lamb? It he's not somebody who is inefficient with targets. It's actually the opposite. Like no, he yeah. is so hyper efficient that I'd rather continue to test that to see, okay, at what point is it like a little bit of diminishing returns getting him targets? Because I, I just, 
I have a hard time believing that he should go a game without getting eight or nine targets unless teams are just flat out doubling him and everybody else is wide open. Uh, you know, I, I tweeted, I put this in my notes. Give me a first down slant attempt to 88 every other offensive series oh, until yes. someone stops it and, or, or it becomes untenable because it's just, it makes so much sense. You know, like you get the opportunity that they, they, they want to play him in tight coverage. Uh, you, you could get, he could win quickly off the line, get the ball to him on the move. Uh, I think all, and it's an easy pass for Dak. I think it, it just sets up your series so much better than, you know, two yards in a cloud of smoke at, at times. So I just think that there there needs to be more um, efficient. Like, you know, look, I want to see targeting down the field in early downs too, but I think that there's a lot of efficiency left on the table uh, by the Cowboys not including their best player in early passing down situations. It's because they're getting crushed uh, on early downs. They, yep. I mean, they're they're either running the ball too often on first down or when they throw, it's just kind of like – low reward throws that are only going to get you three or four yards. I'd rather just see, give me an eight yard route to CD lamb to get you in second and two. Give me a slant where he could potentially make a play after the catch, give him a drag route just to get him in the, you know, in the flow of the game. He's just too good of a player to not have two targets a quarter, at least two targets a quarter. And that's the way I kind of look at it. Like if, he should basically get three targets a quarter and I think you'll be okay on offense. I also think the other thing too that we started to see a little bit more is is more of this kind of across the field attack. You know, like this is one of the things that I was talking about after the game that I kind of noticed more of going back and watching the game is it's good to see him in. You know, he caught a really deep sail route, which was which was really great. You know, you mm-hmm. saw him uh, uh, with on crossing routes on on the big first down uh, when Dak was able to kind of break free and. You know, I just think seeing him run vert, uh, uh, horizontally across the field, uh, uh, you know, especially from the slot, it just it, it provides a lot of opportunity for guys that are in man coverage to, for him to just start running away from folks and getting him the ball on the run. So, um, yeah, I, I was glad to see them kind of mixing it up a little bit, his usage, uh, and also not just like, you know, uh, uh, route route mixing up his route usage, but like when they're targeting him. I think that's really important is – Getting him involved in early downs is going to make things so, you know, look, you don't want to be in a situation where you've got third and six every single third no. down. And that's what the Cowboys face. They're lucky that Dak played the way he did because he was able to just be masterful on third down. But but we shouldn't be putting Dak in that situation. I don't disagree. I, I don't disagree at all. Now, the one thing that the Cowboys haven't done a particularly good job of this season is – motioning C.D. Lamb around to get him in matchups. And Mike McCarthy actually talked about this in the press conference that they kind of stopped all the pre-snap motion once they got, they got some penalties uh, on Monday. I think part of me thinks that's a little bit of a cop-out of an answer, but I also believe some of it's true. I don't know how much they practice the pre-snap motion as well. Well, I mean, it's I mean, I mean, it's like I was telling John Owning on Twitter. I, I, I It's two things, right? One – it's a legitimate reason as to why they stopped using motion later in the game, right? And if you watch the if you watch the tape, the early part of the game, they were using a ton of shifts and motions. They were, they were using it a yep, lot. Yep. McCarthy comes out and says, hey, listen, you know, we stopped doing this because we started incurring a ton of, of pre-snap penalties. Uh, and and to be honest, like that makes some sense to me. Now, it's also an indictment. On, on the fact that McCarthy can't get his team to use motions and shifts without incurring penalties. 
I mean, listen, I, I, I hated the referees as much as anybody in this last game. Obviously, I've been very vocal about it, but I'm not blaming the referees for pre-snap penalties. There's no, those are do. obvious. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, I, I think that it's it's a positive in the sense that it's at least shows you that there were hoping to use motion more and that bodes well for the future or, or at least bodes better than what we saw. But yeah, again, it is also you know, a, a slight against McCarthy that he can't get his team to use mo- pre-snap motion without get, incurring yeah. penalties. Yeah. I, I'm going to guess that after coming out of the bye, we'll see an uptick in pre-snap motion, probably just because our, they're going to be able to practice it a little bit more, but well, and I think game situation too, right? Like we just literally have been through six games or whatever, and 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 there's very few neutral game script situations no. considering the fact that we've got. So I, I I agree. I think that there's some of this is situational, and I think it will increase just because. But you know, if it doesn't, I'm going to be concerned. Size. Like if we get through, sure. if we get like to Thanksgiving, and we're still seeing then only motion at like eight percent, which I think is the 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 lowest in the league right now, I will be a little bit concerned. I will be concerned if the Cowboys offense is not functioning well. And that's the case because sure. that's, that's the other aspect of it is that it's not like the worst offenses in the league are down at the bottom of that list. No, no, no. There's a couple good ones at the bottom. Including yeah. The- so, so let's not like, you know, look at the motion shift list as the, the end all be all of what is a good offense. I will admit that the top of that list has all of some of the best <laughs> offenses in football, but it doesn't require. It's not a requirement for you to have a good offense. Obviously, the Philadelphia Eagles don't use a lot of motion or shifts, and no. they have a very good offense. So, I think the key thing is is that those offenses at the, that are at the bottom of that list need to have a solid running game, and and I think the Eagles currently do. Cowboys, not so much. No, not so much. And one of the reasons that the Cowboys have struggled a little bit on offense over the last couple of weeks is the number two receiver in this offense, who we will talk about next. This episode is brought to you by eBay Motors. Our partners at eBay Motors have teamed up with Locked On Fantasy Football host Vinny Iyer to bring you some of the best fantasy picks each week, all season long. Whether you're prepping for a daily draft or you're scouting the waiver wire, every week we're going to provide you the players that are guaranteed to fit on your roster. So let's see who Vinny has picked out for us in this week's eBay's Guaranteed Fit Fantasy Picks of the Week. This week, it's Drake London. Drake London is starting to show the Falcons why they drafted him first among many talented receivers in the 2022 draft and why he was such a hot sleeper in 2023 fantasy drafts. London has found his groove in the offense with Desmond Ritter. In the past two weeks, he's caught 15 passes for 203 yards. He's got another really good matchup this week against Tampa Bay, who has struggled to cover number one wide receivers. London is guaranteed to keep bringing some pretty nice production with a great matchup uh, ahead with not only the Bucs, but also the Titans, the Vikings, and the Cardinals, all before a week 11 by Vinny Iyer from Lockdown Fantasy Football. is going to help you win your fantasy championship, and eBay Motors knows that a championship team is about each player being a perfect fit. The same is true with your vehicle. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you can make sure that your ride stays running smoothly. Brake kits, LED headlights, roof racks, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus, at these prices, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die uh, die alive at ebaymotors.com eBay guaranteed fit only available to us customers, eligible items, only exclusions apply. 
Welcome back to the Locked On Cowboys podcast. We want to let you know about the Locked On NFL kickoff live show. Each Friday, Locked On will go live at 2 p.m. Eastern on every Locked On NFL YouTube channel. Host Anitra Batiste, Jarvis Davis, and Kyle Krabs will break down every game on the NFL slate to get you ready for your team's matchup, your fantasy lineups, your betting angles, and so much more. Plus, get in-depth local analysis from our stable of NFL hosts across the country who know these teams better than anyone else. Find Lockdown NFL Kickoff Live every Friday at 2 p.m. Eastern Time on any Lockdown NFL YouTube channel. Landon, I want to ask you about Michael Gallup, who mm. was, he, had a, he had a bad day. Um, my, my question for you is, are you at the point where you the Cowboys need to consider – Seriously, you know, thinking about benching him. Like, has it gotten to be that point? I don't. I mean, I don't think it, it it has quite gotten there yet. I mean, I do think that you could start looking at giving Tolbert some more snaps. Um, but I, I, you know, going back and watching that game, uh, Gallup was Gallup was as much of a victim of the kind of uh, lack of control over the game that the referees are having as much as anybody I, I, on at least three of those targets. I mean, he was practically being tackled by the by the cornerback, and and I and, and this does go back to one of the issues I have with Gallup is that I I would like for him to be a little bit more passionate and vocal, you know, he's, like he's I, physical, like well, and, and not even just that, like get up and complain about the fact that you were being tackled, like get up and get in the refs, hey hey, where's my flag, you know, because. It, it feels like there are times when he got completely mugged and he just got up like, hey, it was no big deal. And I, and I feel like for uh, obviously for that ref crew, they need to be told to throw the flags or, or, or at least, you know, be shown what the rules are because they struggled. I, I listen, you know, there were two or three catches that he suffered from the fact that he doesn't like to catch with his palms out, including yeah. the one that was the seam route up, up that that was the great throw by Dak where it just clanged off his hands instead of, you know, sticking to them uh, and then onto his chest and then away. And then another one where it, it, I think, you know, it was kind of thrown over his, his, it was his high. head a but little it, bit. But, it went, but, it was, but, yeah. but if he had turned and gone back and gotten the ball, he would have caught it. If you he know? Would have attacked so, it. If he wouldn't, wouldn't have gotten the ball rather than letting it try to fall into uh, his arms. I think the bottom line is, is I don't think that Gallup had as bad a game as everyone is, you know – saying suggesting that he he did i but i will say that he didn't have a great game and that there are things about him that i feel like you know that he's got to get a little bit more juice about i just you know what i'm saying like well and and that's what i'd like to see more of i think it's the combination of the last two games because if you remember the 49er game i we complained about this after the game on the first interception that Dak threw in that game it was an off coverage and the defender just kind of overpowered Gallup and beat him to a spot. Like if you're running a slant, you cannot let a defender basically go through your back and make the play on that ball. Right. Yeah. And then in this game, I think that I think the game plan for the chargers is go be physical with Michael Gallup, because I don't know, he's not going to fight through the physicality, right? Like he's just not that type of receiver. And now I wonder if the book is out on Gallup a little bit, like get in his face, challenge him, be physical with him because he's just not going to match that physicality. Well, I mean, it, it, I mean, especially if he's not going to get any of these calls. No, that's the you thing. know what I'm saying? Like, getting, yeah, if he's not getting calls, you might be able to just completely neutral neutralize him with your physicality. If you are getting a couple calls, and this is probably where Brandon Staley and the Chargers felt like 
if we get an illegal contact or two, it's probably worth it if it's a five-yard penalty. If we can basically take him out of the game or if we can force the Cowboys to continue to throw to him over and over instead of targeting CeeDee Lamb and Brandon Cooks. Yeah, and and you know, like I said, they they basically did. They basically got away with it. I mean, you know, and it, there was the, sl- the the first slant of the game. You know, Gallup gets off the line very well. It beats the corner so bad he opens his hips the wrong way. Gallup gets back inside the, to to make his route, and the dude basically puts his hand into Gallup's face mask, yeah. slowing him down, disrupting the timing, and it's like. Should Dak should should Gallup fight through that in order to try to make the catch? Absolutely, but he also should be yelling at the refs after that snap and say, "Hey, did you not see the face mask or the the illegal con?" So, uh, yeah, I, I just it's like I, I need more passion from him, and and that impl- kind of goes across the board of passion enough to fight through that stuff, passion enough to get pissed off when that stuff's happening to you, so that the refs notice it the next time, you know. Um, uh, yeah, I, I, I don't think that you're I'm quite at the point where I want to see Gallup benched because I do. No, think I don't think I want to say value. bench either, but I, but, I, but I, 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 I am ready to see uh, those targets start to go more to CD lamb and now more to Brandon cooks and yeah. now, uh, and, and Tolbert to kind of get some opportunities as well. I, I am ready to see less targeting of Michael Gallup, you know, less specific targeting of Michael Gallup and more just kind of get letting cooks cook and letting lamb get the ball more. Yeah. And that's where I'm at. I just think we are at the point where the days of Michael Gallup running like 45 pass routes, you know, or whatever are just gone. Like I think he needs to be in certain situations, give him 15, 20, you know, I'm saying passing snaps, not overall snaps because he's still a good blocker. Yeah. yeah. Uh, But let Tolbert kind of rotate in and it, it feels to me very much like Michael Gallup has lost a lot of confidence. The, the confidence that we saw from him in 2019 and in 2020 just isn't there anymore. And you can see it like he's fighting himself on the one touchdown that he dropped. There's just no way you should drop that pass. You know, and just, he's, he's not somebody who really drops passes at all. I just think he's struggling with consistency right now because I don't think he's played poorly overall throughout the season. I think he's had two bad games in a row. And then before that, he had a good game. So, uh, I think, you know, it's it, we don't have time, unfortunately, to wait for him to get back to consistency. Like, that's the issue is that, you know, we need, you know, more reliable pass catcher. So I, I just think until he can kind of fully get back up to the point where he's playing with that level of confidence, you just don't give him the most targets of the game, which is what he ended up with, right? He ended up with more targets, I'm pretty sure, than any other receiver. Yeah, three and, more than Lamb. Yeah, and Ferguson had one target. You know, so like, let's, and I understand like you're throwing the ball to, to where you think the, the ball should go, but like, let's make more of a concerted effort to like target some of these other folks. And, and, and again, don't need a bench Gallup. Just don't make him the most targeted player no. on the offense. And the other thing that's factoring this is as well is you have a guy behind him. That's kind of chomping at the bit to get more opportunities. And every time the Cowboys have given Jalen Tolbert more opportunities on offense, He's made plays, you know, whether that was in training camp this year, preseason, or even early in the year. And I, I think that's also what's factoring into this. And Jalen Brooks, you know, look, I mean, uh, again, he, he came out there and played for like 10 Jaylen snaps. Brooks but Jalen Scott. Jalen uh, Brooks, uh, you know, uh, you know, he just he, – he's, he's done a great job of just kind of being the glue guy, like getting some blocks. He's, he's shown you some stuff as a receiver. I think he should get opportunities. Tolbert has obviously earned opportunities. Uh, you know, Turpin, every single time that he's been, you know, gone out there and throw, got the yeah. ball thrown to him, has helped out there. So let's, let's, 
I just don't see the need now with all these other guys on the team to give Gallup 10 targets no. in a game. You that know, shouldn't uh, probably happen. that should be reserved for CeeDee Lamb or Ferguson, to be honest. So, well, I don't believe CeeDee Lamb has a single game this year with 10 targets. That should stop. You know, that should and stop. Look, I, I, again, I understand that, that, that he's the focus of the, what the defense is trying to do to stop him, but uh, there's ways he's to also, get him. There's ways he's to get also him. your best offensive player. Yeah. You know, and, and that's the thing is you. I don't want to belabor this point anymore, but it does feel like the Cowboys, in my opinion, probably need to condense their offense down a little bit rather than trying to get everybody four to five targets a game. Probably try to have CD lamb in that eight to 10 range, Brandon cooks somewhere in that five to seven range. And then everybody else kind of fall in after that. Yeah. Just, just subtract like, you know, five of Gallup's targets from last night and distribute them between, you know, give three to three to lamb, one to Cooks and one to Ferguson, and I'd be happy. All right, let's talk about the interior offensive line uh, because they played not a very good game, Landon. We will get to them next. This episode is sponsored by BetterHelp. Do you ever feel like your brain is getting in its own way? I know mine does all the time. Like you know what you should do. You know what's good for you, but you just can't quite do it. Therapy helps you figure out what's holding you back. So you can work for yourself instead of against yourself. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's done entirely online. It's designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. All you have to do is fill out a brief questionnaire and get matched with a licensed therapist. And you can switch therapists at any time for any reason at no additional charge. Make your brain your friend. With BetterHelp, visit BetterHelp.com slash LockedOn today to get 10% off your first month. That is BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash LockedOn. If you're looking for the most comprehensive NFL draft coverage this offseason, look no further than the Locked On NFL Scouting Podcast. Join the draft dudes, Kyle Krabs and Joe Marino, as they go position by position through the NFL free agent class and into the star-studded crop of college stars who will be selected in the 2024 NFL Draft. If you want to know who your favorite NFL team should be adding to its roster, you need to check out Locked On NFL Scouting. Available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. All right, Landon, let's finish up with the interior offensive line of the Cowboys. Watching the tape, I got to say, I was shocked. Hmm. I mean, I saw it in real time because we talked about this after the game, but I was shocked at how bad Tyler Smith, Tyler Biotish, and Zach Martin played. Um, I think all three of those guys had their worst games of the season. Yeah, I mean, uh, I think, uh, you know, Zach just looks beat up right now. I mean, he he needs that bye. Yeah, that bye week couldn't be coming at a better time for him specifically. Um, and honestly, I, I think that Biotish is struggling through some stuff too. He's look, I mean, he looked bad, really bad. Uh, and I think a lot of it was just that he wasn't, you know, at top form in order to kind of stay on blocks. That's where it really is, it felt like the issue was that he couldn't stay on blocks, uh, was falling off of stuff. And, and Tyler, you know, they just. They called a bunch. They called a bunch. Several hold two uh, holding penalties on him. He had an offsides penalty. I think of the three, Tyler had the best night. Uh, but 
but I mean, you know, I don't think this is the worst game that he's played all year in time. Sure. Without a doubt. Um, And I think that the part that really exacerbated things was that, you know, they, they ran a couple of outside runs. Uh, You know, they had a really nice pin and pull run where, where Ferguson down blocked it. And you saw, uh, 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 Tyron Smith get out in space and block a, a corner and, and it had really just perfect results, which you're looking for. And then outside of that, they didn't have a, any success seemingly running the ball outside. And it seemed to be almost exclusively because everybody was getting their butts kicked by Tuli Tuapatolodu. Like it was that dude was like yeah. uh, he might as well have been Demarcus Lawrence out there honestly like it was just unbelievable well, we it was talked Ferguson about this or Tyler we, Smith he was kicking their butts and run game stuff we talked about nuts. this on the crossover show like I have no idea yeah. what USC was doing with him having him I, be like a 295 pound edge. I, I think you and I had talked about it coming out like we liked the player but it was like what what world is he like a a, a 290 pound player it's like thanks Alex Grinch you did a great job with him <sighs> Yeah. And now you see it, right? Now you yeah. see what that guy was. Like, you know, you put him at 266 and he's like he's only like 63. But dude was throwing Tyler Smith I back know. and like, no. you know, destroying Ferguson. So there was absolutely zero uh uh, you know, opportunity to run outside zone, uh, you know, in a way that they normally would. They tried running some inside zone and duo and they just couldn't move guys off the line. Um so yeah, I, I think, you know, uh, the bye week will give them another opportunity to kind of sort some of this stuff out. Again, it's, it's you know, it's it's this is only the second game that the starting five has played together. I know, but the problem is, man, both games have been so bad, which yeah, is kind of shocking. No. Well, I mean, yeah, to be clear, like, they've... They've had their starting five, but it's it you know three of them are yeah. working on one leg at this point. Uh, I will give you another observation I had. Um this team just can't run from shotgun at all. Like I, I don't know if it's the the blocking or the play design or whatever. And I my my belief is that a little bit. I think Tony Pollard's just not a good shotgun runner. I think he's much better Maybe. off when he's the lone back and he gets a little bit of ahead of steam going. I wonder if that's a change that they need to go back to because I, man, every single shotgun run just seems like it's such tough sledding for Pollard and whoever's in the backfield. Yeah, I mean, running right now is just a problem. And, uh, I mean, again, I think we had talked about the fact that Blasco is not, you know, with the team still because of a medical issue. I have to think that has something to do with some of this. You know, like you're just seeing, uh, you know, just anytime they run a power run, like you're just seeing penetrators, like they're not getting to the down block. So linebackers are just triggering downhill quickly, getting into the backfield and creating losses. We've had more like runs for loss that I can remember in a long time. And Incredible. and again, I hate to point this out guys, but this was something that I was <laughs> saying that Zeke was incredible about at the time that we just did not appreciate it about him enough. Yeah. He didn't ever get more than four or five yards, but he never got less than one or two either. So, uh, and I think that that's, you know, that is something that we're missing is that, you know, we aren't getting big as many big plays in the running game. We are getting a lot more negative uh, run uh, plays in the run game. And, Right now, you don't have that run play to kind of hang your hat uh, on again still. So that is something that they're going to need to work on. I think they need to get back into more straightforward you know, stuff that they're they're comfortable with, like like more duo and more inside and outside. Yeah, I'm saying zone. more like under center runs. Sure. Oh, yeah. No, no, totally. Yeah. I mean, to your point about the Pollard situation, I absolutely agree. I think 
I think the sh- the shotgun the shotgun stuff has been difficult for you know it's been more difficult than the rest of the the run game stuff out of the shotgun, which is not something that they had struggled with before. I, I will bring up that I do think that the the offensive line played okay uh in pass protection i, I think, think they were pretty that, good there was a couple yeah my run got beat a little bit early terrence Steele had one rep where he fell down which seems like it happens every week now but other than that it was fine yeah i i you know there was definitely pressure uh but i also think that you know some of the sacks that were, were taken were, were on dak um and, and the, which is fine because you know it was in the process of of that's what you're going to get when you're going to get da- playmaking Dak, right? Because he's that's what he has to do. And sometimes you're going to get caught from behind by a, de- a reach out defensive tackle or or whatever. Also, so. it, if you don't want Dak to throw interceptions, like you're so you know upset about Dak throwing 15 interceptions last year, then you're going to have to live with him more taking sacks. more sacks. Yeah, that's true. Uh, so one more one more really quick hot take before we uh, head out. Yeah. I'd like to see a little bit more Rico Dowdle. I'm not saying a 50-50 split at running back, but you know, for carries, but like 65-35. Here's my hot take. Let's see 50-50. Okay. I, I mean, I'm, honestly, I'm let's do it. Because because like Rico has shown you that he is a powerful runner. He's consistent as a pass protector. He, you know, this is not just like I think the difference that I've always seen in uh, the distance between Malik Davis and Rico Dowdle is that Rico has big play ability. Like he has burst. He's got some juice to him. And on top of that, he's a physical running back between the tackles. The Cowboys have got to figure out something to give their, their, their running game a little juice. Pollard is just not, doesn't have the juice that he did last year. It's not that he isn't doing well. I think he's been fine, especially look that 60 yard pass reception shows you exactly what Pollard can do. He has incredible contact balance. But it shows you he doesn't have that top end speed because there's no way last year he's getting caught from behind. I, I wonder if he didn't know that that guy was there. Yeah, That's awesome. that was that was my concern. It was in his I, blind I, spot a little bit. That if he if he knew that guy was there, I bet he beats him. But but you're not wrong. You're not wrong. I, I do think that there is something to the fact that he doesn't quite have the same juice. And my point is is that I think you know you need to find a way to start distributing some of these touches away from Tony Pollard. You cannot go at this pace for the rest be of the year. By the time we get to play. And Dowdle has shown you something as a running back. I think you thought that getting into this point that you would have something from Deuce Vaughn, but the truth of the matter is we just have not seen anything no. from him. So we need to see more from Dowdle. We need to see more of Dowdle, not from Dowdle. I- yeah, I'd like to more see more touches on Yeah. That is it for today's show. We want to thank you for making Locked On Cowboys your first listen every single day. Uh, we'll be back tomorrow breaking down the All-22 film uh, on defense. We'll give you some of our notes from that. Uh, and we are free and available on all platforms. Check out the show on YouTube. Follow Landon on Twitter at McCoolBCB. I'm at Marcus underscore Mosier. See you guys right back here tomorrow. Hey, Prime members. You can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today. Is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements? Maybe it's time for a rebuild, or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi Trophy. Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.